Welcome to our Simply Sustainability podcast presented by Clarisys. In this series, we look at what can sometimes be the intimidating topic of sustainability and break it down into digestible, bite-sized chunks to help you on your way to a more sustainable future. In today's podcast, I'm absolutely delighted to be talking to Bellu, a drinks business that believes there's a better way to do business. So let's start with some introductions. So I'm Sam McGuire, Sustainability Lead at Clarisys, and we've got Claire Pearson here, the Business Development Director at Baloo. Claire, could you tell us who you are, what you do at Baloo in a little bit more detail? Thanks, Sam, for having me in. So yeah, I'm responsible for business development and strategic partnerships at Blue. Been in the business six years, actually. This year marks my sixth anniversary in the business, but have known Blue for a very, very long time since 2010 when I worked at WaterAid, who happened to be our social impact partner and the partnership with Blue was started. Fantastic. And what was it that attracted you to working with Blue? That we're a values-led business. We put the environment first and what we do is invest all of our net profits into water aid. So, you know, purpose is at the very heart of our business. And for me, I had the opportunity to very much still support water aid, who I absolutely adored working for. But after seven years, I was looking for a new challenge and was very fortunate that the opportunity at Blue came up six years ago. Fantastic. And a really key word that you mentioned there, Claire, is purpose. And that's something that we're going to be digging into more in this podcast. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about Bellew's mission and purpose, if that's okay. Sure. I mean, Blue was actually founded 20 years ago. We only just realized that the other day when we were writing our impact report. And actually, when you think about it 20 years ago, you know, the word sustainability wasn't really used that much in business, if at all purpose-led business, you know, that term didn't really exist. But we were founded by a chap called Reed Paget with the aim of doing business better. And for him, that was bring an environmentally improved bottled water proposition to market. So we've actually been in the purpose-led game, you know, for a long, long time. And that, I guess, the start when Bellu was kind of founded, was it always the intent to be kind of purpose-led or was it more just around, okay, we're going to deliver water in a better way? Or was the intent to always kind of make sure that the way you treat employees, the way you treat customers, et cetera, was going to be different? Yeah, it was to basically demonstrate that there's a better way to do business, that uh, we could exist for more than just money. So our purpose is to exist not just for shareholder value or not for shareholder value, because we actually give all of our net profits away, but actually to deliver for people and planet at the same time as hopefully inspiring some other businesses to do business better along the way. Fantastic. And obviously you mentioned there about how you treat your profits and how you kind of deal with them. What are the other ways that I guess Bellu are at the moment living your mission and purpose? Well, for us, it's about the why we exist, not just the products. So for example, showing to others, we're getting a lot of requests lately to speak. And I think that's because we've been in this game quite a long time. So yesterday, for example, one of our co-CEOs, Charlotte, was at a Heineken Smart Pen Summit up in Birmingham on a panel about, you know, sustainable swaps and how to be more sustainable in business. So I think now that there's more interest from the general business world about doing purpose of business, 
that's how we're now, you know, truly inspiring others to do business better. But how we live our values is through every single thing we do as a business. You know, sustainability and doing business better has always been at the very core of our business. It's not an add-on. So, you know, I often get asked, who's our head of sustainability? Well, effectively, it's everybody. We don't, we don't have one. Brilliant. That's fantastic. And I guess uh, what I want to ask next was around, it mustn't always be kind of plain sailing, being purpose-led or sustainable. It must mean that sometimes there's a bit of challenge to it. There's a bit of complexity that you've got to navigate. Could you give me some examples about where you see that happen? Yeah, sure. I mean, at Blue, we're a sustainable drinks business, right? We're also a social enterprise, which is an important thing to add. So meaning that we you know, exist for our social and environmental mission, as you touched on earlier, we're supplying hospitality and corporate sectors with sustainable water and drink solutions. So filtered water dispensers, British mineral water, tonics and mixers, all with a low carbon footprint and obviously all profits to water aid. Particularly with the single use formats, the challenges have been particularly since 2018, actually, just after that very famous Blue Planet episode aired, which I think, you know, was an incredible episode and is certainly David Attenborough's, you know, legacy in terms of making the world wake up to, you know, environmental challenges. And what that brought with it was, you know, very much educating decision makers and consumers to prevent them from being sucked into, you know, alternative formats with unintended consequences when it comes to single-use packaging. And that's not just in water, that's in everything. We found since 2018 that there's a lot of businesses that, you know, choose the popular looking option to the consumer without actually digging deeper into is this actually the most environmentally sound thing to do so for us at that time and still now actually rather than jumping into suddenly producing you know water in cans or cartons we took a step back and really took time to understand our options I mean at the time we were environmentally best in class in terms of our packaging anyway so for us it's about making decisions based on doing the right thing for the environment, not the opportunity to, you know, purely make money while, you know, consumers are in turmoil. And we've actually stuck to that decision to counter not follow. You know, even to this day, four years on, we're asked, oh, what can you do water in cans? And for us, it just makes no sense. We make everything here in the UK. So it makes no sense, you know, making canned water, for example, where, where the aluminium may have come from, you know, China and US. For us, we've been measuring our carbon footprint since it became the cool thing to do, since 2010, actually achieving 69% reduction in the carbon intensity of our business. So going back to your point about, you know, values, we needed to sit by our values in that respect. And that's what we did. That's quite a complex message to deliver to customers, right? In terms of they've got a certain perception around what is sustainable. Lots of us are finding that with different products, how do you actually kind of communicate the impact and the choices that you've made? How do you do that at Bellevue? How do you kind of show the deep thinking that you've done? I mean, every year we produce an impact report. So if you go onto our website, blue.org, I think it's forward slash impact reports, you'll see numerous years worth of impact reports. And actually in the one that was launched on Earth Day in April, that has several pages talking about single-use formats, different formats, the pros and cons. Ultimately, you know, all materials have an impact at some stage in their life. So, you know, the main thing that we're trying to do 
with businesses is take them on the steps to sustainable water service. So if you're selling Italian imported bottled water, switch to blue mineral water if you want to sell mineral water. But what we're ultimately trying to get people to do is refill and reuse. And since 2015, really with the growing interest of it from particularly our restaurant customers saying, oh, what about this filtration thing I've heard about? We launched the filtration business and that's our number one growth priority right now. But yeah, we're very much an open book. Our impact reports say it all. We publish our accounts, even though we don't have to. And certainly for us, we've even gone one step further last year and actually written into our articles of association that, you know, the reason we exist as a business, our purpose is for the achievement of Global Goal 6, 12 and 13. So that's clean water sanitation for all, responsible consumption, production and climate action. So you've moved past kind of just trying to maximize shareholder value as a business organization and actually um, establish your purpose within it, which a lot of people are doing through the B Corp framework, but actually you've taken a different approach to doing it, which is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, just from the very start, you know, we, we don't have a shareholder who gets any of our shareholder profits apart from effectively, I guess, it, you know, it's, it's water aid. So as long as there is a global water crisis and one in 10 people in the world don't have clean water to drink. And I think that on, you know, we're speaking today on a really, really hot day in London and suddenly everyone starts thinking about water because it's hot, they're thirsty, but actually the, you know, the reality, sad reality is, you know, one in 10 people worldwide don't have access to clean water to drink. And, you know, that's very much why we exist in terms of the social impact of our business and, you know, making positive change happen with our profits. You mentioned the impact that Blue Planet had on customers and people were really, really starting to to wake up to this as an issue, probably helped by hot summers that are, are kind of uh, hot and wetter summers coming from climate crisis. But uh, do you find that there are particular customers who have woken up more to it and have really engaged with the purpose-led nature of Blue? Yeah, I mean, we tried to find, I know the values term keeps coming back and back in this conversation, but, you know, just to touch on, we are business to business brand. Yes, you can, you know, buy some of our products on our website, direct to consumer, but, you know, we are business to business ultimately. And we find that the most successful ways to do business and people to do business with are those that do have values and actually want to do the right thing. There are a growing number of those, which, of course, is great for business. And, you know, after a tough 2020 and 2021, you know, we had our most successful year ever in 2019. Clearly, COVID, when restaurants shut down effectively, you know, our order book closes. 2022 is seeing definitely an increase in people wanting to do better. And I term them boomerangs actually people businesses coming back that we might have spoken to about three four years ago where now sustainability environment doing the right thing whether that be you know socially or environmentally and or is now on the agenda of their board and you know that they need to do better you know we find that they need to be led from the top really in terms of you know this values led and wanting to do the right thing approach we tend to see through people that aren't properly values led. And for us as a business, and, you know, it might sound odd coming from a director of business development responsible for sales, but we would actually walk away from business if we don't feel like people are the right 
fit for us because ultimately, you know, someone might be a huge profile restaurant group, but if they're trying to squeeze us of everything margin wise, then essentially we're just, you know, there's an environmental impact there, which actually isn't delivering any value for people living without clean water with water aid. So, you know, a lot of other businesses might take a very low margin to be listed with that big restaurant group, for example. But for us, it makes no sense to do so. So that's when we we will just say thanks, but no thanks. And you know where we are, should you want to come and work with us again in the future? Got it. You, I guess you need to be very careful that your brand is not being used as part of a purpose or greenwashing story, right? Where people are not actually fully committed to wholesale change, but they want to get a fantastic brand who is committed into to kind of to, yeah. to paper over some of their cracks. On that kind of purpose washing point, you mentioned earlier that the very transparent reporting that you guys do, but are there any other ways that you make sure that you are credible and that you are really living by the values that you set out and ensuring that you're not purpose washing in any way? Sure. I mean, our modus operandi is environmental social impact. You know, we, we walk the talk from our governments right through to our delivery and, you know, as I mentioned earlier about updating our articles of association, you know, that is to really demonstrate our commitment to doing things differently in terms of, you know, we're, our alignment to the UN Sustainable Development Goals and our primary social object being the achievement of carrying out our business with relation to those. We also added an extra clause in our articles last year to ensure that we carry out business in accordance with the Statement of Responsible Business Principles too. Just wanted to ask about, you've mentioned quite a lot in terms of the governance uh, around the organization and how that helps you to kind of to make sure that you are not purpose washing. Just wanted to dig into how do you make sure that every single team member at the organization is also living the values? How do you make sure that you're bringing in the right people and giving them what they need to be a contributor to a purpose-led organization? When, when a job's advertised at Blue, we do tend to, you know, we have we appeal to people that have the right values and want to do the right thing. You know, if you're CEO of an organization, a business, you can earn a lot more working in a purely in a business that's purely driven by shareholder value potentially than working at Blue perhaps. But it's yeah, really about finding people with the right work ethic, the right values, that you know, what do they also do in their spare time as well? How do they want to make a positive impact on the planet? And then also when we onboard them, it's about, you know, making sure that they understand our DNA and they're aligned to DNA. And, you know, we have a set of core values which have been around for a number of years from, you know, ethical, transparent, not afraid to be different, doing what's good for, you know, customers and partners and so on. So really inducting them into how we actually actively live those values out in the actions we take through you know business decisions and also how we act with each other and also out there you know with our customers and partners fantastic that's super interesting what i'd like to kind of to ask you about is that you're obviously doing amazing things as a purpose-led organization but what advice would you give to others who want to go down a similar route to set something up that is going to be kind of values and purpose-led? I'd say, first of all, speak to others who are doing it already. You know, like I said earlier, Blue's very much an open book and we want to help 
others who also want to do business for good. So come and speak to the likes of us, come and speak to, you know, any other purpose-led brand that you admire, because you'll often find that, you know, those people are very willing to share the successes and also, you know, let's face it, some of the challenges along the way. So definitely speak to others who are already doing it to gain insights and advice. I think decide from the outset, you know, what is your purpose, why you exist, how does it align to, you know, the what you're doing with regards to the why, and then how you'll measure your impact. I mean, if you're at the start of starting a purpose-led organization, you've got the great opportunity rather than someone that's you know 15 years in and is deciding to perhaps switch things around but you've got a great opportunity to get your impact baseline established for example and really you know ensuring that whatever your purpose is that it's underpinning everything you're doing from your ownership your legal framework governments you know so that you're operating in a way that's actually making real social and or environmental change possible. You mentioned there talking to other organizations. Is there anyone that you would like to give a shout out to that you go, wow, they're awesome. They're doing some really good stuff that you take inspiration from. I'm doing a lot more work this year talking to actually other social enterprise suppliers that, yeah. that we have the same target market because I think that as a collective, we're stronger with each other rather than apart. I think that sounds a bit Tony Blair, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One of them. Anyway, so this year very much focusing on engaging with other businesses that are also social enterprises, other suppliers to hospitality industry, workplace, to, you know, ask each other advice. So if I could shout out some of those. So that's guys like Toast Ale. Yeah. So you may have heard of them. I mean, half the time with businesses like ours and Toast, People know the brand and they like it. They don't even realize that we're a social enterprise purpose-led business until they start to get to talk to us. And I think, you know, that's a great thing because it shows that we're a quality brand delivering, you know, quality product. People are admiring us. And then once they get to know more, they're like, wow, okay, this is a no-brainer. We, we should definitely be working with you. So Toastale, they are a fantastic beer business, social enterprise. They make their beer from bread that would otherwise go to waste. And they also invest some of their profits into, I think it's food waste charities from memory. Also Nemi Teas. Okay. So that is a tea company that, you know, can supply offices, shops, etc. And Nemi Teas is uh, founded by a chap called Pranav. And they basically train refugees in London into, you know, hospitality jobs, basically. And also they've just opened up recently a coffee shop called Trampoline. It's clearly like springboard effect there in Angel. So that's where they're training up some of the refugees that they work with. Two fantastic organizations there. I'm very much a beer drinker, so I'll be drinking some toast, I'm sure, not to, uh, too long. Unfortunately, not a coffee drinker, so I might not be stopping out in okay. Angel, but uh, two fantastic organizations. I want to ask you a little bit more about water, and it's such a massive topic as we look at the impacts of the climate crisis and of our environmental challenges. What are the kind of, I guess, the main water issues that you see the world facing both now and in the future? Big question, Sam. I mean, you know, <laughs> we, we, we don't exist without water, right? Yeah. Whether you're, you know, business, people, communities, it's it's essential to very much life itself. And 
climate change is a huge, huge challenge. I mean, certainly since I worked at WaterAid, there has been a growing focus in the work that they're doing on climate change resilience. The United Nations estimates that one in four children will live in extremely high water stressed areas by 2040, which is huge, threatening their health and futures. And as we know, you know, clean water, sanitation, decent hygiene, fundamental to helping people live prosperous lives. And there's no point in us investing in health and education without the water situation being sorted. If you look at the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the 17 goals that make those up, you know, water is fundamental right at the very base of most of those being able to, you know, be achieved. And a lot of the work that, for example, WaterAid's doing is on supporting communities on climate resilient solutions, basically helping, you know, if you think of places like Pakistan and Bangladesh, huge climate change issues there, um, water related climate change issues there. So very much helping those communities cope with that from a water supply perspective. Absolutely. I guess to, to flip it in on its head from more of a solutions space, what I guess should all organisations be considering around their water stewardship? I think fully understanding the business benefits of providing access to water sanitation hygiene. So in short, that's WASH. Actually, WaterAid are doing a really interesting piece of work, which they're about to launch, I think, don't quote me, but I believe that's going to be during World Water Week, an annual global water conference at the end of August that's held in Stockholm. And that's actually work around the business case for supporting WASH, for investing in water sanitation hygiene. You know, there's increasing evidence to, to support both the direct and indirect benefits of effective wash management in the workplace and, you know, also just in terms of investing in wash. So I would say to any businesses that are particularly aligning themselves to the global goals, make sure that you are supporting global goal six, because as I mentioned, it is fundamental to achieving all of those SDGs. And if you're a business that's interested in doing that, then, you know, I can certainly happy to make introductions to WaterAid if that's something of interest. Fantastic. Thanks, Claire. I want to go back to, I guess, Blue and your experience as an employee there. So you mentioned a little bit at the start about why you were attracted to working for Blue. I guess what has the impact of the organization being purpose-led had on you while you've been there as a kind of an active employee? It certainly made me realise that I will never, ever work for a business that purely exists for shareholder value. <laughs> I mean, I came from an NGO background and for me, transferring over to Blue was the opportunity to apply the skills that I had at the time, which were mainly focused you know, on partnerships primarily over to a purpose-led business that, you know, where I could actually make change through doing business. And I love very much that, you know, we are an amazing business that just happens to, you know, be doing good. It's only the team that can really make a difference at Blue. We're a small team. We're 13 people. When I joined, we were six and we kind of fluctuated over the years between six and 13. We're just about to 
go quite big for us and employ another nine people. That's because we're very much investing in the future and that future being the growth of filtration, both here in the UK, but also in other country territories. So for example, we launched in Hong Kong back last year in 2021. And because we're a small team, accountability is key. You know, we really need to be accountable as individuals and as a team. And certainly for for me and the way that I do business, the way that our ethics inform every decision I make. And I touched on some of the decisions earlier in terms of a, a, a business development perspective or, you know, certainly seeking out the right partners that we want to work with. Constantly thinking of, you know, is investing this money in an activity going to have a great outcome, ultimately leading to a better life for people living without water and sanitation? Or, you know, is it going to help us do better by the environment rather than a return that's quite hard to measure? So, you know, it's good. Don't get me wrong. We work hard and there are tough days, but ultimately it's a great feeling knowing that all our hard work is actually helping to make a difference in the world. Absolutely. I think probably one makes me very happy but it certainly gives you confidence that as you scale because the values are so deep rooted that that's not going to be lost yes it may take i'm sure a little bit more i guess frameworks or processes yeah. but actually you've got the culture there which is the most important piece that means that you will undoubtedly be purpose-led kind of as you scale and people will continue to live those values Claire, listen, thank you so much for joining us. We've covered all about Baloo and that how you embed your purpose-led values across the organization. We've talked a bit about the water challenge and most importantly, we got to know you a little bit better. So I just want to say a massive thank you. Thanks, Sam. Brilliant. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Simply Sustainability podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information, please contact us at sustainability at claricist.com.